0: Five, four, three, two. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Rob Anderson, one dive at a time. Happy to be happy to be back in the pseudo studio. As you guys know, I don't put a whole lot of production effort into this. I've got a little Zoom contract P4 that I fire up with a mic. Don't really do any editing after that. And then when I'm out on the road, that's where I'm using the Zoom H1, and by the way, I don't do any sponsorship or advertising. That's just what I'm using, okay? I do that because I want to be able to tell you about the things that I use and the things that I believe in that help me in doing the podcast. Same thing with my dive gear. I am going to push some product on you today, though. But it is going to be back. I'm back from Texas. And the, the, the trip down there was really good. Got a chance to spend some time with my folks. Uh, we had planned to do a dive on the Comal River. And what happened was we actually took the cold weather from Idaho down there with us. So, my apologies to everybody in Texas. I hope you enjoyed winter. From what I understand, the day we came back, temperatures were already back into the low 70s and, uh, and mid-70s. Anyway, so, uh, you're welcome. I brought the weather back with me. <laughs> so, anyway, hey, I, um, I'm going I'm I'm to talk about a kind of a controversial subject today. And I've got this out on the Scuba Rob blog. If you go out to scuba, if you go out to scubarob.com and then look under words and research of a scuba monk, you're going to find the blog and on the blog oftentimes are the written format or pseudo written format of what I do here on the show. And oftentimes I'll write a blog and I think, man, this would really be so much better conveyed if I did it. Uh, you know, had you know, shared those same thoughts and feelings on audio versus just written word. So you'll find a lot of similarities between the two. At some point, I'm going to create a separate podcast mm-hmm. website, so that I'll have the podcast there. Uh, the, the the link The link to the audio portion of the podcast, as well as any any information or anything like that. But what I'm going to talk about today is my feelings about diving alone. Now as an instructor, for now I cannot condone that because diving is a buddy sport. But I'm going to talk about the reasons why, when I'm not in an instructor role, that I do, I do enjoy slipping away by myself. I'm going to talk about some of the training that I've undergone uh, to do that. And I'm not going to really talk there's been so much talk about the risk. I'm going to talk more about the benefits of why I do it. And again, as an instructor, I am not condoning those actions, but as a diver, I'm going to, i want to be very transparent with you. I would be lying if I told you I did not dive by myself. I'd be a total heretic uh, if I did that. So I'm, I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I don't dive alone. And I'm going to tell you about even when I'm with others, how I really, I really am kind of alone. Before I get to that though, I've got to share some exciting news with you. Both for Neptune warrior And then when I started doing the stuff for Aquatic Awakening, which I really need to share a lot of stuff about Aquatic Awakening with you. Uh, But with that and the podcast, I've been getting asked, hey, when are you going to do t-shirts? When are you going to do hoodies? When are you going to do cool stuff that has the podcast name on it? Well, I did it. I wanted to do it right, so I held off on launching this for a little bit. I wanted to do it right. I wanted to find something where I was not having to box up packages of shirts or envelopes of shirts and shorts and everything else and try to work with a lot of printers. Now, stuff that we do with Neptune Warrior, we do locally. I've worked for the past five or six years with local patchmakers, local printers, things like that, right? So for Neptune Warrior, the local stuff, I'm still going to continue to do a bulk of that work locally. I like supporting our, our local folks. But I had to have something because I got, especially on the Neptune Warrior side and now getting with this side, I've got a national and even an international audience. And so I had to have something where I could, where I could get product and I wanted to look for good products not just something that comes out of. There's a lot of print shops where you can get stuff done on your own, right? I'm not going to mention names or anything, but I wanted to find somebody who could do that. And then I need to find a platform. And honestly, the easiest platform I've found is Etsy. So, and I'll, pu- I'll put the link down into the show notes, but if you go to Etsy.com forward slash shop, forward slash aquatic awakening on one word forward slash then you're going to find all the cool stuff that I've been working on and developing predominantly for the podcast but you're also going to see stuff on there for aquatic awakening and eventually we'll get some of the Neptune warrior stuff over there but I want it to be very intentional about this and a lot of you know that sometimes I get really excited about stuff and Even though I have good intent, (laughs) my execution is not always great. So I wanted to hold off on this. But man, we've got, I've I've put some stuff out there I think is really cool. So like dive shorts that have got the the slogan, as long as you've got air, you're all right. We've got podcast t-shirts. We've got stuff that supports Aquatic Awakening. We've got a journal out there. And so go on out there and check it out. And when you support that, You actually support the show. Remember, I don't do sponsorships here. um, And I have been in a habit of not asking you to like and share. Guys, on this one, i got to ask you. Like and share. Go out there, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash aquatic awakening. And go check it out. Really, really cool stuff. Again, I'll put it down in the show notes. And that's all I'm going to say about that part right now. Okay. So let me talk about this whole thing about diving alone I know a lot of the divers that I dive with they also subscribe to this this philosophy I I, I enjoy entering the water watching the ripples it's quiet that's my time for me the whole ritual of pulling up to the dive site getting out If I've got coffee, if I've got a soda, whatever, right? And just kind of taking that whole scene in. That almost a meditative way of putting the gear together. Making sure that all my safety checks are done. Eat a light snack before I enter the water. Grab my gear. Sit there on the edge of the water. Just kind of look out. Or maybe I'm on the tailgate of my Jeep. Just getting lost in that moment. I love it because, you know, as an instructor, I spend a lot of time helping people get into gear and making sure they've got the right stuff and having to run back up to the shore to get forgotten weights or forgotten equipment, things like that, right? Which, when I'm in instructor mode, I don't mind doing. That's my job. When I'm in instructor mode, my job is to make a great dive for that person. When I am working... And, and guiding somebody else on a dive or dive mastering with them or or leading a dive my job is to make sure they've got a great dive this is me time I don't have to go back up to the shore and forget something unless it's me because I forgot my fins or forgot my diving computer or something like that right I don't have to listen to the grunts and groans of somebody trying to get into a wetsuit that is probably way too small for them anyway it's time for me and I feel like it's a right, as someone who is a competent diver, as someone who is confident, and someone who has specifically trained to dive on their own. And and when we when we talk about this this concept of diving alone, I mean it is heresy, right, out in the dive community, for a lot of divers. And you know when they get certified, and as, and as an instructor, I even push this: you don't dive alone. And for some people, it is just horrifying. And for people who are non-divers, and the only thing they've ever heard about is, quote-unquote, oxygen tanks and goggles, oh, and you never dive alone. And when they hear about it, I mean, I, I, I can tell you, there have been a couple of handfuls of times as I've headed down from my rig down to the water, and if the question isn't, so are you scuba diving? <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, I, I, that happens a lot. But I'll have people say, oh, you're diving by yourself. And come to find out after a conversation that they're a diver. And it's almost like that they're pointing you out, right? Like, oh, my gosh, there's the heretic. He's he's diving on his own. Scuba diving actually started out as a solo sport. It started out as a testosterone-induced you got to pull your weight. You go down to the local sporting goods store or the hardware shop in some cases and you purchase equipment and maybe un- under the guidance of a buddy you got certified. Now by the way, that is not the way to do it today. You need to get professional instruction. There's a lot of things that your buddy doesn't know that can get you hurt. And and that even includes adv- you know more advanced type training. You want to be under the guidance and the mentorship of somebody who is a professional that not only understands the discipline, but also knows how to deliver and instruct that discipline. But when you go back to the roots of scuba diving, it started out as a self, really, really I mean, you're responsible for yourself. And you look back at some of the old videos of divers going down, they got the double hose rag on, they've got a J valve, they dropped down to their dive area. And it, literally, sometimes, they would take off their dive belts because you know they had enough weight to get them down, but then they were neutrally buoyant. And in some cases, negative, negatively buoyant by the other gear that they had on, metal backplate, steel tanks, that kind of stuff, right? And two buddies would part their way. When I was diving in New Jersey, when I was diving in New Jersey, that's the way we did shipwreck diving you drop down on the line with your buddy you got down to the end of the anchor Made sure the other guy was okay gave each other the okay signal and you went your own ways diving with a buddy is a smart move and and the training agencies recognize us right and when when training agencies agencies started popping up in the in the 1960s, and we're moving from a club environment to, to agencies like Nawi and YMCA and, and all the reputable agencies that are out there, right? They started coming up with their established courses, and buddy diving was part of that curriculum. And when you think about it, buddy diving was really essential in those early days when equipment had a lot of failure points. A lot of things that we know about diving today was in its infancy at that point. So especially new divers needed a buddy. Divers who were diving out in California in kelp fields and getting tangled up and things like that, right? Divers diving up in the North Atlantic on shipwrecks. Divers diving on lakes where there's a lot of entanglement opportunities. It's good to have a buddy, right? So they established the buddy rule. Being part of a good buddy, though, means that you understand how to not only self-rescue, but rescue your buddy. Honestly, for me, sometimes diving alone is a safer option. Low visibility, silt outs, all those are underwater episodes that I can take care of on my own. And there are cases where I could get a buddy hurt in the process. Again, while I was in New Jersey, we trained on how to solo dive, how to be independent. Every wreck dive that's done in the North Atlantic winds up as a solo dive. Again, you drop down to the anchor point, you give the okay signal and then either due to visibility or the tightness of spaces, you know, on a wreck penetration, not both of you are in there. One is waiting outside. You get some distance so you don't silt out your buddy. Sometimes buddies will have different objectives. One wants to Look for lobsters. The other one wants to look for bottles and other artifacts. So essentially, you're on your own. Because of that, and diving in that environment, I got trained on how to resolve issues on my own, how to manage my own gas, whether it be air or nitrox or whatever. Have a redundant system. We all dove with pony bottles, and you have a backup for everything that you you know for everything that you have. I mean, you carry two knives, you carry two masks. Everything had a redundancy on it and that carried over when i was doing dives in places that nobody else wanted to go when i was doing stuff in the rancocas river and looking for you know looking for artifacts there i couldn't one is nobody else really wanted to dive that area two i didn't want to give up my school secret bottle spot when i would go and dive little egg, uh, little egg inlet or little shark inlet go down to strathmere do bottle diving Four guys go in, you separate your own different ways, and you meet at the dock at the, at the end of the dive. But also as an instructor, I dive alone even when, when I've got my students with me. I can't realistically expect those new divers to be prepared to rescue me. I'm essentially doing a solo dive, and I have students in tow. My whole focus is on those students. If something goes wrong, and even though they've been trained, they still may not be adequately prepared to help, whether it be psychologically, emotionally, going a little bit slower than what, than what I would like for them to go. Anytime I dive with someone who's not at least a scuba rescue level of diver, I can't really count on them for for rescue. I mean, if they're they're they are there, right? I mean, they could assist, but I count on me. I remember that that Abby and I, when she, we did her first dive in 2016, the <laughs> well, let me back up a little bit. As I was getting ready for that trip, I was in a I was in one of one local dive shops here, and just really kind of want to reacquaint get some quick you know kind of figure out what dive shops have been doing in the past I don't know 10 years or so since I had really been dealing with dive shops because I've been doing I mean most of the time it was going in getting air and going out right but I wanted to talk about you know you know what are some of the updates and and as we were talking I found out that they offered a solo certification so I showed up for the class showed my dive log actually brought in like uh, volumes 16 through 20 or 16 through 21 or something like that, right? We talked about philosophy. We talked about techniques. I showed him my dive logs. And then went on a dive with them, And bam, that quick, after paying $75, I got certified in something that I, that I had already done on 90 to 95% of my dives since 1994. So there are certifications out there for it. And by the way, I... I want to make sure that I'm not saying that flippantly, right? That getting trained to be an efficient diver on your own is important. Get training, get mentoring, get a C card. Now the C card may not do you much good when you go to a dive resort. They may not let you dive on your own, but I highly recommend the training. Oh, In my coaching sessions that I do through SEI, I'd coach how to dive on your own. Because at some point you may get separated from a buddy. Or you may have that buddy that is so bad, so horrible, that you are essentially diving on your own. But again, there's a lot of reasons why I dive on my own. The places that I wanna dive, when I wanna go diving, the elements that I dive in. It's not clear waters, it's not warm waters. Sometimes it's, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm in Idaho. Finding dive buddies is almost impossible as it is, except through Neptune. Obviously, I've got a lot of dive buddies through Neptune. But even before, when I was in Texas, when I was in New Jersey, when I was over in Hawaii, when I was in Saudi Arabia, all those times, it was difficult to find dive buddies to go do the kind of dives I wanted to go do when I wanted to go do them. But having that ability just to throw gear in the back of my rig... And go out and go dive. Man, that is that's a freedom I can't even begin to explain. To be at North Park in Canyon Lake, eating a sandwich on the tailgate of my truck with my dive gear there. Doing my sit time and knowing I can go out when I want to go out and I don't have to wait on a buddy, man, that is liberating. Grabbing my backplate and wing and a tank grabbing the milk crate that's got already got my stuff in it, throw that in the back of the Jeep, go hit Quinn's Pond at 6 a.m. Man, that's freedom. Most of the sites I'm going to aren't interesting to others. And, and this is an ego. But there's, there's times I enjoy that that alone feeling. I love sitting there watching a nest of baby bass. I love going in and looking for bottles in places that people really don't want to go to. I love those opportunities to just sit there and observe and watch like a catfish for 15 minutes and not realize that that time has elapsed. Plus, I don't really want to give up all my secret spots, okay, when it comes down to it. I really don't want to give up a whole lot of secret spots. But I've taken the time to get trained. I've taken the time to get coached and mentored. I'm confident. I'm competent. And I realize that diving on on your own, that's not for everybody. And again, as an instructor, you know, from the Naui side, I'm not endorsing that. On SEI, we do teach a course where you are self-reliant. If I'm not competent enough to dive on my own, I don't need to be diving with a buddy because I'm just a danger to them. Now, obviously, there's dives I don't do alone. There's new environments. If I'm not familiar with it or if if it has advanced diving techniques, I would never go ice diving on my own. Okay, and if you know the, the logistics of, number one, if you know the logistics of ice diving, you can't really dive on your own anyway because it takes a support team. Number two, it's going to be a really cold, hell, you know, cold day in hell when you see, and a cold day in Idaho when you see Rob doing ice diving. That's not something I'm, I'm interested in, but when I was diving five caves, five graves in Hawaii, there was no way I was going to do that shore dive without a guide. The first time I did Black Rock and Airport Beach and and Mala Pier, I did all those with a guide. But especially the Five Caves, Five Graves dive, man, I needed a guide for that. First time I went out and did spearfishing in the ocean, I had a guide. wasn't going to be on my own. Now, by the way, talk later on. I did wind up on my own on that dive, and it was because of a bad instructor. But again, having having that confidence and having that confidence to get through that situation all came from having to be on my own in previous, previous dives. Solo diving is not as renegade as it used to be, and a lot of people are now coming to terms with it. And just like a lot of other urban legends that are out there, like, don't eat (laughs) uh, before you go swimming because it's going to give you cramps. Chocolate gives you zits. And some poor lady dried her poodle in a microwave. All that is urban legend, right? If you get properly trained and you have the confidence as well as competence then maybe solo diving is for you in certain situations. And it's not so against the grain. You know, maybe solo diving is a reflection of me. That drive to take care of myself. That desire to stand on my own. Maybe it's that need that I have for quiet. For less stress. Diving alone. It helps me to keep my inner circle small. It provides me a a lot of opportunities. For those contemplative experiences. That I crave so much. It's one of those times. That I can be. A dive team of one. And be very content. In that solitude. So again, going against the grain and risking being a heretic <laughs> is just uh, is is part of the price that I have to pay to sit there, watch the water, watch a sunrise, watch a sunset, grab my gear, walk out on the water, watch the ripples, and then sink under, knowing that I've got training, that I've got confidence, and I've got the right equipment to spend those moments alone because in the end, as long as I've got air, I'm going to be all right.